You're here to listen, and we're here to talk. This is Spirit Signal with Justin Gleason and special guest Tony Wyatt Jr. Pastor Tony, welcome to Spirit Signal. How you doing today? Great, brother Justin. How are you doing, man? Doing all right. I uh, I watched your message, uh, the life after death message here recently on a Sunday. Yeah, and it really caught my attention because if if somebody says death, you get their attention, <laughs> right? <laughs> for sure, for sure. If you say life, they ignore you, but if you say death, dying, yeah, yeah, you get their attention. And uh, you said a statement that I wrote down, and I want to talk to you more about it. You said, nobody likes to talk about dying, but it's a subject that needs to be talked about. Nobody likes to talk about dying, but it's a subject that needs to be talked about. And I think when we get to be adults, it's not a fun subject, especially when you get older. But it seems like kids, as soon as they hear or learn about dying, they have no problem talking about somebody dying at the dinner table at a family gathering right, right. <laughs> at an awkward situation. <laughs> but, you know, uh, I was about five years old, you know, when my parents taught me about death. Mm-hmm. And it had to do with my, my grandpa. Right. And it was shortly after that, uh, he appeared to me in a dream. I believe it was of the Lord. And it was like at a young age, you know, death was something to loathe. But for us, you know, those of us who have hope in Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. it's actually a promotion, right? For and sure. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the truth is, is, I mean, you think about it this way, you don't really ever die. I mean, your physical form, your, your flesh will die, but you'll live forever. I mean, mm-hmm. you're going to cease to exist on this earth but you're going to live, you know, forever somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's not the flesh that lives, but it's the soul, the spirit of a man. Exactly. That lives. Exactly. And I think the reason why that works is, is because, you know, God, we create, uh, mankind was the only thing God touched at creation, but he breathed into us the breath of life. Our soul and spirit, it comes from the breath of God. It didn't come from this earth. It came from the higher realm, the heavenly realm. Exactly. The spirit can't be killed. Exactly. The spirit comes from God. It it lives forever. That's why human beings, you know, when they come into the apostolic church, what's the first thing that happens? It's a feeling. Yeah, they Mm -hmm. see and observe, but they feel things. And I think that what they're feeling there you know, is a, is the creator, you know, and that's why, you know, it's, it, it's, it's of the earth, you know, you got the church four walls, you got the, the people in the audience, you got the worship team up on the platform, the pastor preaching, all of that looks, you know, of the earth, but the feelings you get, you realize I'm feeling something different and that's God. Right. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, Paul, you know, talked a lot about death and, mm he struggled with even, you know, staying on this earth physically. Um, 
you know, he talked about, you know, in second Corinthians, he says, for we know that if our earthly house, this tent is destroyed, we have a building from God, uh, a house not made with hands, but eternal in the heavens. So with, you know, his, his point of view from that scripture that I see is he calls the earthly body a tent, but he's, would you rather live in a tent or would you rather live in a house? <laughs> you know? He's looking forward to the new body, which he considers more like a house. This tent is just a temporary dwelling. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You think about tents, you know, tents is something for camping. Exactly. You know, just a two or three night deal. Or yeah. if, if you're me, you know, maybe two hours and then go sleep in the house. <laughs> <laughs> you camp? I do. Oh, I bet you do. Yeah. And but, I, I, I bet when you camp, you bring your meat smoker too out there. Uh, I've thought about it. I would love to do that actually. <laughs> but yeah, a tent, you know, it's like, uh, and I imagine in Paul's day, he would think of the, the nomadic people, the desert mm -hmm. people that just travel from here to there. They never really have a permanent place of residence. Right. But a house, you know, becomes it's permanent. permanent. Or it's meant to be permanent. Yeah. Yeah. Paul had a revelation of the afterlife. I think even sure. much more than, uh, than any of the other apostles, all the visions that he had, all of the depths and understanding that he had just even simply from uh, understanding the old Testament scripture, most of the uh, other apostles were ignorant and unlearned. Mm -hmm. It says, but Paul was definitely educated and learned. For sure. And just even knowing the Old Testament uh, would have given him great insight, you know, into this thing. You know, whenever I read the Old Testament, there's really not a lot of mention about life and death. Uh, or, well, there is, but really more so what happens after death. Really, that the, the details of that come into the New Testament. But, uh, you, you know, I, I, I know you believe in the doctrine of Abraham's bosom, right? Sure. You yes. know, you, you don't believe it's something that Jesus just said in a parable. It was an actual place. Yes. Yeah. It was, you know, he, he told the thief on the cross, today you will be with me in paradise. You know, so when the, when the death happened to that thief, he was with Jesus. Exactly. But he doesn't say Abraham's bosom. He says paradise. Right. Do you, do you see uh, paradise and Abraham's bosom being two separate places? Uh, you know, I, I'm not real sure. Um, you know, it's, there's, there's two, you know, ways to go with that. I mean, I could see it as being the same place. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I've heard it both taught both ways, to be honest with you. I don't really know. Yeah. The kind of the way I see it is you look at Jesus and the, and the, it's not a parable. It's an actual story of the rich man and Lazarus. Mm. Jesus yeah. doesn't say a certain man. He gives a name, Lazarus, right? You know, Lazarus was carried. The rich man was buried. Lazarus was in Abraham's bosom and the rich man was in hell. 
Right. And, you know, for years, I just thought this was revelation from Jesus. But then I got to looking in a lot of old rabbinical commentaries, things that were written even before Jesus was born. Just uh, a lot of things were written and taught during the intertestamental period between Mm -hmm. Malachi and Matthew. Right. And then a lot of the Jewish historians, including uh, Josephus and Philo, you know, write to the Greco-Roman world, the beliefs of the Jews of the afterlife. And Josephus says that they believe in a place called Abraham's bosom, Abraham's bosom. And it's, it's taken from the idea of Abraham when he died, when Abraham died, he was the first to be said, gathered to his fathers. Everybody else just died. Adam, Noah, all of them, they just died. But Abraham was gathered to his fathers. Then it says of Isaac and Jacob gathered to his fathers. Well, none of them, you know, were buried in the in the land of their ancestry, which is Ur of the Chaldeans. They were mm-hmm. all buried in the promised land area. Gathered to his fathers meant gathered to a spiritual place from where you descend. Mm-hmm. A spiritual place from where you descend. That's kind of how I interpret it. And that's where the idea of Abraham's bosom came from. Abraham's bosom means Abraham's inner place, Abraham's inner soul. That's where they were gathered to. And the Jews taught that this was not a place of torment, but a place of of pleasantries, but a place lacking, knowing that there is something better out there. Right. And then then Josephus goes on to talk about uh, the place that the Hebrews called Sheol, or the Greeks called it Hades, or Hades. Right. We call it hell. And it was a place of torment. But there was a place much worse than that called the Lake of Fire. Right. And Revelation, they talk about Hades and death and Hades being cast into the Lake of Fire. Yeah. You know, something interesting about that verse. I was thinking about this the other day. Death and Hades. Okay. Hades is hell. Right. And then there's death. And I just wonder, okay, is death an actual spirit? Hmm. You know, is it, is it an actual devil or is even Hades an actual devil? Right. You know, Cause how can you cast <laughs> death into the lake of fire? Yeah. Right. Right. Like the angel of death, maybe, you yeah. know, that's what it, it's, it's, I, th- I think it's actually two spirits. Hell yeah. is a place, what, but go ahead. Oh, I was going to say what's interesting to me also is the rich man, when he, he, he died, the Bible says he was buried and he was in torment in Hades. He lifted up his eye or his eyes and saw Abraham afar off. And mm. he saw Lazarus. He was like looking across a, a gulf or a chasm and could see what was going on on the other side. Mm. Chasm. Nice word. How intelligent. Yeah. You know, I've heard, I know of two people that have had out of body experiences, Mm. like personal friends. Yeah. And, you know, every person, these two people in every book that I've ever read or any other podcast I've listened to, and people that have an out of body experience, they all have common themes. And one thing that is interesting is, when that event happens, you see clearer than you've ever seen before. Hmm. It's like your eyes are sharp. 
it's almost as if there's no peripheral vision at all. You just mm. see everything around you and you can see things from afar off. You know, the, our, our eyes are, are weakened. You know, you and I are glasses wearers. Right. The, the soul has no weakened vision. The soul sees clearly, sees sharply. Yeah. And, you know, in that spirit world, there's actually even, I think, divine imparted knowledge. You know, first of all, you think about this. How did that rich man even know that was Abraham? Right. You know, Abraham he, yeah, died. He had, to, he had divine knowledge. He had to have. Yes, absolutely. To know this. that. In the spirit world, you had divine knowledge is imparted to you. It's like when Jesus is transfigured on the mountain. How did right. uh, Peter, James, and John know that was Moses? How did they know right. that was Elijah? Right. And I just think that's divine knowledge, you know, that just awakens in the afterlife. Mm-hmm. You know, when we get to heaven, is Jesus going to sit us all down and pull out a chalkboard and some chalk and write and say, okay, class. <laughs> I don't think so. I think everything no. will like be downloaded to us. For sure. You know, it's very interesting. You talk about uh, those that, you know, that have experienced, uh, you know, out of body experiences. Mm. Uh, just a few weeks ago, uh, my wife's father, my father-in-law died in the hospital. And uh, like he's on a ventilator, all the machines are going off. Uh, he, he literally died. Uh, of course, my wife was there when it happened, and and mm-hmm. she immediately went to her knees and started praying. I mean, you know, first of all, you know, when you've got a a, a wife that can pray, and then something oh, like yeah. that happens, definitely, you know, God's you do. Gonna, yeah, God's going to hear. You know, and and anyway, long story short, he came back to life, and uh, he was dead for four to five minutes. Oh and the doctor, God. brain dead, heart, everything dead. Uh, he had, you know, later in the hospital when he was able to talk, he, he didn't really know what was going on. He, he looked at Christy and said, you know, I had the strangest experience. He goes, I felt myself leave my body. And he says, I could see everything. He goes, and then he says, I went to a, I went to a place and it was just super bright. He said, everything was bright and sharp. The light was bright. Everything was sharp. And then he goes, and then I was back here. He goes, what in the world happened? And she goes, dad, you died. And, uh, God brought you back because I mean, she hit her knees in that hospital room right next to his bed and just began to cry out to God. And God allowed him to come back to life. Mm. But you, you know, that's, that's called resurrection powers. What that's called. Yeah. You know, bro, I got goosebumps. <laughs> I, I'm telling you right now, man. And I just, I just feel the Holy ghost in this office. Yeah. yeah. And that's, uh, I literally could feel the wind of God pass by me. You tell him that story. Praise God. That's I mean, a, it, a sign you're, you're, to me. Go ahead. No, your podcast recently, you know, about the, about the resurrection. I mean, I felt the spirit of God moving through, through that. Cause when you talk about the resurrection, there's power Amen. in the resurrection, you know? Yeah. It's one of the major 
things that we must as Christians know about the Lord, as Paul said, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, Amen. fellowship of his sufferings be made conformable into his death. Those are the three major things we must know about the Lord. Resurrection. Wow. You know, I've never, I've never seen somebody pass away. I've, I've come into the room right after it happened. Right. I've never seen somebody pass away. Yeah. So, so, so this was your wife's father, correct? Correct. He medically certified was gone for four to five minutes. Yes. The and doctor, then his, doctor. And then his life returned and back into his body. Wow. The correct. doctor said what? Go ahead. Excuse me. The doctor said you were dead. He said your brain was dead. Your heart was not beating. Uh, they took him in for tests to make sure he didn't have brain damage because, you know, he says when you die, your brain, you know, can sometimes be damaged, uh, yeah. which he did not praise God. Yeah. Usually a lot of people don't come back from that because of the lack of oxygen. Right. Wow. And he saw a light. Yeah. Like a bright he said it light. Was bright. He said everything was bright. He says everything was just super bright. He said he was surrounded by light. Mm. That sounds like the afterlife to me. <laughs> you know, you you just take a look in the New Testament. Anytime Jesus would appear, you know, he appears to Paul. What does he see? A light. Right. You know, John, when he sees the Lord, it's it's a light. You know, that's what he is. It's it's a light like unlike anything you've ever seen. Right. And in some of the dreams and visions I've had of, uh, of heaven, of paradise, of the spirit world, the light that I see, and I, and I, and I want to clarify, I've never had an out-of-body experience. It's only been like visions, dreams, things like that. The light that I see, it's, it's unlike any light in this world. It's not like sunlight. It's not like a flashlight. It's not like a fire, candlelight, any of that. The best way I can describe it, it's a light that almost like scatters. Hmm. It's it's just it's just a light that, and that's the only way I can describe it. It's a light that just once it hits an object, it just goes. And like all the finest details of whatever it's shining upon can be seen. Right. It's like a light that cannot be hindered. It's a light that that's it's <laughs> it just makes everything so beautiful. Right. The only thing close to this that I can describe is really when I was in the land of Israel. I'm not a great photographer. I, I'm handy with an iPhone. That's about it. The best pictures I have ever taken in my life was in Israel. It, the light from like 9 a.m. to 3 p.m., like there's, you can't take a bad picture out there. It's just like the light in the Holy Land is perfect. Just the way it shines, it's like everything sparkles. Everything is clear. Everything in the purest essence is visible out there. It's amazing. You right. know, and that's, that's a highly spiritual territory. For sure. You know. Wow. So your father-in-law is with us right now. Yes, sir. He wow. is. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. Yeah, he's alive and well. Yeah, uh, you know, being close to Mother's Day, I want to give a shout out, not only, you know, 
to all the ladies out there and the mothers and, and wives, but you know, my wife, uh, you know, does, does a great job with, you know, taking care of her father and, and, uh, and just praying, you know, the prayer that she prayed, I believe that day, uh, brought him back to life, you know, the prayer that God heard from her, but, you know, I can remember my mother praying and, you know, there's just something about, you know, a lady that is anointed praying Mm. and, you know, I believe God hears those prayers. Oh yeah. So. Absolutely. Well, I, yes, there, there is no question about it. The, um, of course, God's attracted to faith. We know that for sure, but a mother or a daughter's prayer, you know, God just has a compassion on that stuff. Right. You know, the first angelic appearance in the Bible was from the prayer of a mother, Hagar. Exactly. Right. In the wilderness in the, the angel manifests and, uh, you know, we don't have time to get into all that, but you know, you just look at how Gabriel spoke to Mary. You know, blessed are you; you have found favor with the Lord. <laughs> I don't really yeah. see angels saying anything like that to Ezekiel or Isaiah or Daniel. It's very direct, right? You know, and then burning their lips with coal. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. Daniel is scared to, nearly to death. An angel has to come and touch him and raise him up, but. Yeah, and then you look at the way Paul talked about it in, to the Corinthian church. Uh, uh, speaking of a woman's hair, there is angelic power with that. Yes, exactly. So yeah, the, yeah, the prayers of your wife brought back her dad. Absolutely, uh, death was trying to take him before before his time. Right, and uh, I think she knew that in the Holy Ghost and prayed and saw that happen. Wow, what a story! Thank you, <laughs> Jesus. Amen. Yeah, and there's no way that's a coincidence. That's a certified miracle right there. Oh, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Let me uh, ask you about this, about the death of Jesus. The prophecy was, according to the Psalms, that Messiah's soul would not be left in hell. Neither the Holy One would see corruption. Neither the Holy One would see corruption. And my idea on that prophecy, let let me know what you think is, Jesus died like any person, and his soul and spirit went down into the underworld, whether that was Abraham's bosom or hell. We really really don't know. I think he probably went to both, to tell you the truth, all all the amazing things he did down there to to bring the the Old Testament saints out, out of that place. But what's particularly interesting to me is the Holy One did not see any corruption, Hmm. meaning his body did not decay. Wow. The body saw no corruption. Now, Lazarus' body, you know, you you got two Lazarus there. Mm -hmm. You You got Lazarus, the beggar, and Lazarus, the brother. Right. One died and was carried. One died and and rose again, but a, a corruptible resurrection. It wasn't like the rapture, the catching away of the church, but it was a corruptible, corruptible resurrection. And Lazarus, the brother of Mary and Martha, he died and his body, his DNA is still in the earth to this day. Okay, but you think about this, that Lazarus, Lazarus his sister said, Lord, he stinks, mm-hmm. meaning his body has begun to corrupt. 
It's a, it's a corruptible body. But Jesus' body had no corruption. Hmm. If you think about this, yeah, all the blood drained out of the Lord's body, right? Right. Crucifixion, that was what crucifixion was designed to do, drain the body of blood. So when with a bloodless body, there is a lot less uh, decomposure, right? Right. And then you have another thing. What does Mary do? when she comes in to see the Lord and none of the people that he sat at meet with in the house showed him any hospitality. Nobody washed his feet. Nobody did any, any customary, nice hospitality for him. This is probably why it broke her heart. And she washes his feet with precious oil, spikenard. And he says, Mm -hmm. she has come to anoint my body for the burying. That was done a week before Jesus died. What I think happened there is even when the Lord resurrected and Mary comes back, she could still smell that spike in art. Everybody could mm. still smell it on his body. And Joseph of Arimathea, Nicodemus was there, obviously. They also prepared his body with spices. There was no corruption at all in his mm. body. So when he resurrected, wow. the brain still worked. The, every, all of the body still worked you know, until he was glorified and, and ascended into the heavens. Right. So you you take a look at uh, your father-in-law, the same thing happened there. No corruption. Right. He's fine. There was no corruption. That's the power of, of a Holy Ghost resurrection. Oh, yeah. You know, that happened to Brother Stone King. Uh, 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 Bishop Tony Bailey, same thing. He had a stroke. Same thing. He was brought back from that. Hmm. So, yeah, the Holy Ghost... And through the power of the human spirit, you know, can um, can generate a body that do, that is not corrupted. So, do you, do you think I'm right on that? That prophecy? that's powerful. No, I, I mean, I'd never really seen that from from that perspective, but it you know it makes sense, and it's 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 a it's a powerful thing. Is um, your you know, like you said, when Lazarus. I think, you know, when he had been dead for, what, four days, and they said the body was, it stinketh, you know, that (laughs) means it smells horrible, it's rotting, it's decaying. Yeah. Uh, It's breaking down, it's, you know, uh, that's the power of the resurrection from Jesus to to just, just the fact that when he came back to life, Jesus healed that part of him. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the power of the resurrection and the life of Jesus. Uh, and that's what Jesus said. He said that, you know, he that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. He's going to, you know, give us a new body. Uh, I believe Absolutely. he healed Lazarus' body at that time. He had to have because his body was already de- decomposing. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, I, that, I, I, it's very interesting uh, with Jesus and the anointing and the spikenard that he, that he was anointed with. And then, you know, they prepared his body. They brought him down from the cross. They, they took care of his body the whole time. But one, you know, once his body was, uh, was taken from the cross, laid him in the tomb and, and then continually, you know, continually took care of him as long as they could. Mm-hmm. 
So. If anybody's listening to this and you know anything about uh, the CSI type stuff <laughs> and you know how rigor mortis and stuff like that works, I, I don't know anything about it, but I think I read somewhere that blood in a body is what causes rigor mortis. It's what causes the hmm. decay and stuff, but a body with no blood, the rigor mortis is delayed, takes a while. You know, that's why embalming, you know, they, dr they drain the body of, of human mm -hmm. blood. And I know that's gross, but most of you out there can handle it based upon the stuff you watch. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So yeah, that makes sense why the Holy One was not corrupted. Yeah. Some of the resurrections of the Bible that particularly interest me were the sons of the widows. The widow that a uh, son that Elijah raised, Elisha and Jesus raised three widow sons, particularly right. Elijah and Elisha. You know, they put their face to their face, lay, stretched themselves across the boys. Right. And life came back into them. I don't think they did any type of CPR at that moment. But what I think happened there was a mixture of the supernatural with the natural. As human beings, yes, we are frail. Life is just like grass, the Bible says, but the human soul and spirit is powerful. The human soul and spirit is powerful. And what I think was going on there was the prophet was using his natural human touch to revive the boy's life. Right. You know, that's what CPR does. Human breath into another brings a person back. But I don't even think now they even recommend using your breath to bring somebody back. It's, it's, it's just pumping somebody's chest, right? I know that's, right. How you, that's how you do it for infants now. So a lot of that is just human touch and human movement mixed in with the supernatural, mixed in with faith. You know, you think about it, part, part of the reason, I know we can't do this right now with COVID-19, but laying on of hands, mm -hmm. you know, there's something that's just transferred through human touch, natural human touch. It's the, pa the power of the soul. You know, yeah, you, that you, could, yeah, you could just be sitting in a room with somebody having a good conversation. And just their humanity, you know, can be felt. Oh, yeah. Their soul and spirit can be felt. You know, all that stuff is real. Oh, yeah. There's, there's power in laying on of hands. There's power in, in, in touching uh, and prayer mm -hmm. bound with, with the touching is, is very powerful. Right. And we can't do that now. I'll tell you what I've been doing is uh, obviously just, you know, with a social distance, pray for somebody. But I have, I've done this and I've gotten a few eyebrows raised at me, but I have, for some of the people I've had to pray for, I shine my shadow on them. Hmm. <laughs> like the other Sunday we had a, we didn't, we didn't have a drive-in service, although I think those are really cool, but we just, we just haven't done those just based upon the area that we're in. But we had drive-through prayers. People could drive through. Yeah. Pastor and I, our pastoral staff was out there. And as the, where the sun was, our shadows were cast across people. And I just that, think even the human shadow that God can manifest and work through that. Well, that's biblical. Yeah. You know, it happened in the New Testament. Peter. Yeah. With Peter. Yeah. There, the, there were so many people. And I think a lot of them had diseases that, probably he, he just used wisdom to not get close to 
He'd stand on, on the hill there in the city, and as the sun was rising or setting, his shadow cast on the ground, and they were healed. Hmm. It, and uh, you, you take a look at Moses when they fought Amalek. He's up on a mountain, right? and his hands are stretched out. You know, with his hands stretched out, that makes the Hebrew letter Shin, which was the symbol for the ancient name of God, Shaddai, which meant the Almighty. That's what Abraham called him, Shaddai. And I think that shadow cast upon upon the the battle, the, the power of God's name, was how uh, Israel was able to win that war. Right. Yeah. There's there's power in the human touch. There's power in the shadow. There's power in the spoken voice. Amen. You know, you know all all of these things that we're talking about here. You realize how spiritual humanity is. For we're sure. not, yeah, we're not just made of this earth, but you know, you know, you you just look around at just people, how powerful human beings are, our emotions, our intellect, our feelings. It's not just of this earth. It's not just like a rock or a tree. Human beings are powerful, and it comes to from this aspect of our inner man came from God. It is the spirit world. So these people that say, I'm just not spiritual, <laughs> I laugh. I'm like, well, are you breathing? You're spiritual. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're, we're just, I mean, our, our, our flesh is a shell. Um, you know, we're, our skin and bones, we're just renting these for a while. You know, that's why, you know, we've got to take care. We've got to take care of our bodies. Don't get me wrong. I, I believe God wants us to take care of the temple that he's given us. But just as much as we need to take care of our bodies, we need to take care of our soul mm. because that's what's going to live forever. Yeah. You said in that message, we're all going to face judgment. Yep. All going to face judgment. Yeah. Nobody's exempt. Mm -hmm. Let me bounce an idea off you. You know, I've heard kind of throughout my life that, such and such is not a heaven or hell issue. This isn't a heaven or hell issue. And for a long time, I kind of believed that just because I would hear people say that. But there's a scripture in the Bible that says God will bring every work into judgment, hmm. whether it be good or whether it be evil. Yeah. And I, I kind of, that's kind of how I'm putting your message in my own words there at the very end is that everything is a heaven or hell issue. <laughs> this conversation is a heaven or hell issue. Yeah. And I would like to think that when God judges this conversation, he judges it good. <laughs> yes. I mean, you're, you're, I mean, I, from what I see in the, in the word, you know, we are saved by grace, you know, and Jesus, Jesus, you know, in his mercy and grace, we are saved, but I do believe that we'll be judged or, and or rewarded by what we do. I mean, yeah. your, your motives, whatever words you speak, you know, uh, Jesus said, whatever you do unto me, you've done unto the least of these, you know, when you did it to me, you did it to the least of these. And, Absolutely. you know, I believe that I believe that, uh, there's going to be rewards. You, you're probably going to get a reward that I don't get, you know, because of something that you did. Uh, mm. I don't know. I don't know what, you know, what's going to be handed out, but we do know there are going to be rewards and crowns. 
Oh yeah. So yeah. Now that is a rabbit trail that we'll have to chase another conversation <laughs> about the rewards in heaven. Yeah. We'll definitely have to come back to that. But uh, you said there's no mulligans. There's no do overs. Right. Once you pass over to that other side, God will take a look at your life from the beginning of it to the end of it, when you were born to the day your soul left your body. And he will judge you according to all of that, whether you obeyed the word or not. You know, right. There's no do-overs in this thing. No. I mean, there's do-overs now, thank God. You know, right now while you're breathing, you mess up, you can do, you know, you've got a do-over. You repent, you know, go back and, and do it right. But once you die, game over. Mm-hmm. Because there's a great gulf. Or what did you call it? Started with a C? A chasm. A chasm. Yeah. I kind of describe it as what you follow now, you will follow into eternity. If you are born of God now, you follow Jesus now, you will follow Jesus to where he is in eternity. Yeah. But if you're of your father, the devil, you will go to where the devil dwells for all eternity, the lake of fire. You know, hell and all of that, Jesus said hell was prepared for the devil and his angels. Right. Hell was never prepared for us. No. But I think the devil, knowing his fate and his future as a personal vendetta against God, wanted to steal what was made in his image to drag it to hell with himself. And he knew what happened to him when he sinned, and he wanted it to happen to humanity as well. Well, for sure, John talked about it in Revelation 20. He said the devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are, and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. So the deceiver, that you're exactly right. His goal is to deceive because he, he deceives people. He knows that they're going to go where he's going. Yeah. You know, I'll never forget when I was about 14 years old, I walked into a school friend's house in the living room and their huge TV was on, you know, this is in the mid nineties. Right. And, and, uh, there was a man, although it didn't look quite like a man, but a man named Marilyn Manson. It was a live concert and he was talking and he has a Bible in his hands. And he says, says right here in this book, you've got to be saved to get to heaven. But the way I see it, you can be yourself and go to hell. And then he uh, rips up the Bible and throws it out in the audience. And then just uh, talks about this. One of the most horrible, darkest humanistic idea I've ever heard. Hmm. But I remember how creeped out, first of all, seeing this individual. I'd never seen, I'd never seen Marilyn Manson. He was a new thing then. That stuck with me. And I remember thinking, you know what? Old Manson is right. You can be saved and go to heaven or be yourself and go to hell. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of the idea of the world right now. 
it is, first of all, a lot of people don't even really think about the afterlife. They don't want to think about it. Like in our original opening comments, we don't want to talk about it. But everybody is so focused on being themselves. And if they think, this is just kind of the way the Greco-Roman world was in the time of Christ, that how you live now is how you're going to live in eternity. If you acquire riches and wealth now, your riches and wealth will make it with you in eternity. If you're poor and needy now, you will be poor and needy in eternity. And I, I just, I think that's what Manson was preaching. Then he said, you can party with me in hell. It's like we choose our own afterlife. We choose how it's going to be. Yeah. Whatever you do now is how it's going to be in eternity. But according to the doctrines of the Bible, what Jesus taught, it's not that way, right? Right. <laughs> it's not. Yeah. Um, you know, people joke. I think they joke about hell or, you know, well, at least, you know, I'll be with my friends or, you know, we'll party, we'll be together. But actually, hell, I mean, it will be populated, but I don't think hell will be a bunch of people together. I think you're going to be isolated mm. because it's called outer darkness. Yeah. And there's no light. You're not going to see each other. You're going to be in utter torment and outer darkness. Yeah. And all of the sins you desired will not be available to you. Right. You know, all, all of the uh, immorality, it's not going to be available to anybody at all. There will be no pleasure. Right. There will be no satisfaction. Nothing will make sense. And yeah, it will be like outer darkness. Yeah. It'll Scary. be torment, fire, brimstone. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the Greek word, you know, for hell in one, you know, some scripture in the Bible is Gehenna. Yeah. You know, that comes from the valley outside of Jerusalem where they had burning waste and sewage and right. flesh and constant fire. Yep. All kinds of nasty stuff constantly burning. It smelled horrible. That's kind of, you know, a description of hell. Yeah, that's it. And I've been to that place. I've seen that place. Mm. Yeah, it's 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 still there. Of course, they're not still burning trash, you know, right. stuff there. This was but in Jesus' day. Jesus' day, yeah. The, the Valley of Hinnom, yeah, or in the Greek, Gehenna. Yeah. Yep, it was a, a place. It was the town dump is right. what it was, where uh, all the trash, what was disgusting, went and they uh, burned it with fire, and uh, all around it was dogs. Right. Now, back then, dogs weren't little cute little animals you put sweaters on at Christmas time. <laughs> <laughs> the dogs back then were uh, not domesticated at all. They were wild, a nuisance, a pest, a very right. un- unclean animal. But yeah, that was a uh, yeah, – Jesus said, you want to know what hell's like? Look at the town dump. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, that, and that, that's where your eternity will be. That is your fate. You know, there, and it's very difficult to party in that type of situation. For sure. I mean, you, you take a think about this right now, and I'm just putting the, the cesspool of sin in a party right now. Understand this you don't have to party to go to hell, right? But uh, you, you think about this sinning, it's kind of hard to sin when the cops come and break up, break up the party, right? 
Right. You know, you're in, you're in your sin or whatever, and the house catches on fire. It's kind of hard to keep sinning. Right. <laughs> you can't <laughs> sin and have your fun if there's yeah. fire all around you. Right. You know, try to have fun, you know, being attacked, you know, by a murderer. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's going to be devils there having yep. their way with anybody they want to. You can't have fun there with like that. No. And I've you know, read accounts of people that when they passed, they did not go to the good place. You know? Yeah. What happens to the bad folks when they die? They go to the lake of fire and fry, right? <laughs> That's what somebody <laughs> sang one time. But yeah, you know, these are things that you got to talk about. For sure. And it, and it is something to, to think about. And I think the Bible, you know, it's a, it's a book that, that lasted, you know, all of the pagan religions that the time period that it was written, it's outlasted all of those pagan religions. You know, very few of them have, have hung on, but it's lasted because people, when they read it, they know it grips them inside of their heart. They know this is real. It's right. It's accurate. It's correct. Yes. And the Bible does teach us about the uh, path of righteous, righteousness out of that. And that is the gospel that Jesus gave us. He died on a cross and he went to hell. And you know why he went to hell? He went to hell so you and I wouldn't have to. Amen. And he defeated death and hell because he was innocent. Death and hell tried to take the soul of an innocent man. You couldn't do that according to the law. So hell was judged. Therefore, Jesus took the keys of death and hell. And he decides who goes there and who doesn't. Right. Praise God. And if you're baptized, which is a form of burial, right? Or right. Not, baptism can't happen in the dirt. It's very difficult to put somebody down in the dirt and bring them back up. <laughs> so we use water, which was symbolic of the underworld. It was called the deep. So it, we're putting something in the deep, and that is the sin, the bondage of sin. And bringing you up, up out of that water in Jesus' name brings the newness of life. And the indeed filled with the Spirit is Christ being baptized inside of you. Christ being baptized in, inside of you, yes. the signs, the signals of speaking in other tongues. Yes. That's the gospel. Amen. And uh, Pastor Tony and I both experienced that. We've got our names written in heaven, and anybody listening to this, you can too. Study, study your Bible, read it, and then find an apostolic church. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Uh, I got one more question here. So okay. <laughs> did you really... Uh, you were down at the ocean and you really thought you were being chased by a shark. <laughs> yeah, I was, you know, thought I'd be brave and wade out into the water a little ways. Got up to about my chest and seen a shadow in the water, a little fin sticking out. And I immediately started running as fast as I could towards the shore. Ugh. Like, uh, but you know, come to find out it was just a dolphin <laughs> you thought you so were a real I man until yeah <laughs> you thought yeah. you were a real man until a shark came <laughs> yeah, yeah you know. felt pretty stupid but well I, it's probably what i would have done i don't think i would have <laughs> ran towards it yikes man those sharks are vicious dude yeah yeah i don't want to die by by shark I'd rather die by something else. Yes. Try to go peaceably as we can. Absolutely. But, uh, but yeah, uh, un unless we're alive and remain, all of us will pass, pass away. 
And it's really not from life to death, but what we're talking about here is from death to life. Yes. From death to life. And uh, when we pass on to that, I want to see a great light. I want to see clearly. I want to go to be where God goes. Amen. 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 So, you know, Romans, Paul said the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life Mm. through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And that's that gift. The gift that you're talking about is the life. Yes. Eternally with, with Jesus in that light. Absolutely. You know, the Old Testament, the promise to Israel was a land and a great name and many descendants. That was it. But what happens when you die? Right. And there was no hope. But the Son of God came to give us hope for our greatest problem. And that was our sin problem. Right. And the wages or what was paid to us because we sinned. And he conquered all of that on the cross, in the grave, and in his resurrection. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Well, there you have it, everybody. Pastor Tony Wyatt, Jr., great preacher and teacher of the Word of God, great musician. Uh, If you're ever down in the Mount Vernon area, check out their church, Apostolic New Testament Church. Um, Of course, after COVID-19 is over, but in the meantime... (laughs) Uh, They've got a great live uh, service for you. So uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, God bless. We'll talk to you later. (laughs) 